Welcome to Pop On Leadership, a conversation with two friends who are obsessed with leadership development and the world of pop culture. So we decided to combine the two. I'm Kara Kirby. And I'm Virginia Martinez. We work with organizations all over the world to inspire and implement people-first practices. We're here to talk about navigating the workplace, and we do it through the lens of great television. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode three of the finale season of Ted Lasso. And we have a lot of good and fun stuff to talk about in this episode. So we can't wait to dive in with y'all. So the name of the episode is 451, referring to the formation, right? And um, this is the reason (laughs) 451 is because this is where Zava joins the team. We'll talk about Zava in a second. But um, the one up front doing all the work as imagined by Zava and then what the coaching team eventually allows him to do is Zava up front, that one, right? Everyone back and just basically passing the ball. But um, we'll get to that in a second. A couple other big things in this episode. We find out Colin is in a relationship and he's in a relationship with a man. And so he's sneaking around. We're trying to figure out what to make of this. Um, later on in the episode, Trent Krim catches him making out with his his situationship or boyfriend. We're not quite sure how serious it is at this point. Um, one of the funniest things though that I think this show did is in the beginning, you know, because there's like where this recurring joke where like that car is too much for Colin. Colin doesn't know how to drive it. And then like the 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 Ted Lasso theme song starts playing as he's pulling out of the driveway. It's like, yeah, might be all that you get. And then like <laughs> Colin runs into the garbage cans and it's like the song stops. And anyway, I thought that was pretty cute and clever because Colin is still not able to control this car. Um, so that's a big thing. Zava, as we mentioned, after keeping them waiting for over two hours, just doesn't even bother showing up to his like big welcome press conference. Is just roaming the halls. They find him in Rebecca's office, just like going through her desk. It's very clear he is a superstar. He's extremely talented. We see that in this episode, how just so amazingly talented he is. He knows it. (laughs) He knows it. Um, But it's going to take a shift for the coaching team and the rest of the team to respond. And they're all sort of responding in slightly different ways. And he's just also so out there. He says these things like, that contradict himself all the time that sound deep, but make no sense. He's like, I'm an empty vessel filled with gold. (laughs) So it's like, are you empty? Are you filled with gold? Um, And then, um, Oh, Rebecca sees the psychic. We got to talk about that because you and I went to go see a psychic, not even knowing that that was going to happen this season. And then sort of the final big thing in this episode is that Ted finds out that Michelle, his ex-wife, is dating no other than their former couples therapist. Hmm. Okay. Where should we start? I think we need to start because I think this is probably going to be the major thing that we talk about on this episode, which is Zava and what the writers did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So I I just want to talk about this from a TV perspective. First of all, I was not expecting this. I, I mean, I don't think anyone could have expected that they were going to bring this character in and it was going to be such an enigma. And 
so what I think is interesting what they do with this character is that they have like a fake leadership character. Like it's this like fake actualized human being that's coming onto this team, but behind the scenes, it's just a really self-absorbed, talented player. Right. And so, so Ted throughout these seasons, as we've seen, Ted is a very skilled leader and he actually is. And Zava next to him, and they even have this scene where they're like standing next to each other. And he's kind of like in front of yes. Ted and Ted's like going to the side, like trying to like be next uh-huh. to him. You know, Zava's doing all these things. So in the first scene, we see him and he's two hours late and he's sitting in Rebecca's desk. And then, and then you're expecting him to almost have this like Jamie Tart attitude, but he doesn't. He's, he sees Ted and he's like, you are my leader. You can mold me. And he sees Rebecca and, he, and Keely and he's like, my queen. And even whenever he addresses Higgins, I love that scene where he's addressing Higgins and he's like, you are, you are the glue. You are the one that holds it all together. And he takes his head and he puts his head into Higgins head, which is actually true. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I, I think that they're intentionally doing that with his character to show that there are people that will try to like emulate these fake leadership. Um, and I don't, I'm not going to name names here, but I have seen this happen by virtue of what I do. I'm interested if you have too. And it's really, really weird whenever you see it, like someone tries to say all the right things, but they, but in their mind and in their actions, they're not actually acting like a real leader. You know, what's fun. Yes. It's I actually something you just said made me think about this slightly differently, right? Is that I know I was thinking about the team being like really enamored with Zava. Like they all looked up to him when they were kids, right? Because Zava's been playing a lot longer. I mean, some of these players are so, mm-hmm. or, or portrayed to be so young, right? Early in their careers. Um, but I guess I wasn't thinking about them seeing him as a leader, but it's true. They are looking to him for guidance all of a sudden. So suddenly the dynamics have shifted and he's got this aura about him. Like he's so confident and calming. He does kind of give off like Mm -hmm. lead or let me lead or follow me like I mean he doesn't say those words but he kind of does right and I hadn't thought about it that way because I think um in the past when I've interacted with people like this that I'm like wait like what are you saying I'm kind of the Jamie I'm kind (laughs) of the Jamie Tart in the locker room that's like feels like I'm the only one seeing through the bullshit. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up and I had not, I seriously had not thought about this until you said this. I wonder if I was the Jamie Tart because, you know, I'm still on a journey to self-actualize myself that if it's because was I threatened, was I annoyed that someone could just take so much attention by saying nothing at all and, <laughs> and and not to not to dispute the talent like i think just like jamie sees the talent of zaba i also have seen the talent of others and felt like okay that's cool like this is motivating it's also really inspiring i'm not threatened by your talent but i'm but i'm very annoyed that you just get people to love you through bullshit <laughs> um i don't I don't know, though. Actually, this is really interesting. I, it might, and I don't know if this is the case, right? But it might just be that you didn't have the mm. language for it. 
Yeah. Right. And, and I think that that happens with a lot of people is that they don't have the language or the understanding of like what's going on. Right. So I, this, I, I, this is such a serendipitous thing, but my neighbor just texted me this episode um, from the We Can Do Hard Things, mm-hmm. Glennon Doyle's podcast. And she has this guest on and her name is Caroline Strawson and she's a narcissist mm-hmm. expert. And so at this weekend, I like to like paint stuff and listen to podcasts podcast is my favorite thing to do in the world. So I, I, she sent it to me a few weeks ago and I just listened to it yesterday. And so the episode, it's not really about narcissism, but it's about like why we are attracted mm. to narcissism because it like fills a need that maybe like we had from our childhood. Right. So like my actualization journey is like, like, like letting go of codependence mm. and, and Ted's is too. So we'll unpack this a little bit more because I have some information on this. Um, but you are not a codependent person, right? Like you do, you, uh, maybe there's a little bit of ple- people pleasing in you, but you don't, that's not, that's not your mountain to mm. climb. I don't think from what I know of you. And so, but what a Zava character can do is that if you do have some of those codependent tendencies, which a lot of people do when they're young, they, they can really easily attach themselves to this person that seems like they have all their shit figured yeah. out. Yeah. Right. I don't know. So, um, yeah. And it's the same thing with cults, right? Like why people can, if you're, sometimes you see cults and you're like, how could someone ever, ever get involved with that? But it's the same thing why people get involved with narcissism is because it's filling a need because a narcissist, a cult leader, right. is going to tell you you're loved and you're accepted and they see something in you and it's just going to make people feel so special. So they get seduced by it and then they end up going down. this. That's really, really. I wonder too, if there's something in there about, um, like feeling safe or calming like you see that Mm -hmm. Zaba has this calming effect even though he himself is chaotic it's so funny he's like so chaotic and yet people feel like at peace around him like this assumption that he's gonna take care of them and everything and you see i think that's what bothers jamie is that everyone's like okay he's here to save us and i think Mm-hmm, exactly. And Jamie's kind of like, we can save ourselves, you know, which is which is part of his own journey where he was like, no, I'm the one to save you. Now he's like, we can save ourselves. We're this great team. And um, it's yeah, I think that they they especially Danny Rojas, <laughs> the way they portray Danny's obsession with Zava is so cute. I just can't. I mean, Danny is so cute to begin with, but just. Everything he does is so funny, but oh my gosh. Okay, so I do think we need to pause on this, and I'd love to hear if you have any examples, because this is really important work, and for people to understand that if you have a leader that's trying to emulate all of these like leadership practices, but they're not, they're not practicing what they preach behind the scenes. So if you have been on the outskirts and seen it, what does that look like? And if you need a second to think about it, I can give some examples yeah, I think of I, it too. Because this is a weird, this is a weird situation, but it absolutely happens. Wait, and when you're asking this question, are you thinking about it from like what perspective? Like I'm I'm a team member, I'm I'm Ted, I'm Zava. Like what are you? I just think from the outside in, like what's it look like? If you have someone that's like kind of a narcissist, but they've read a lot of leadership books and they're like trying to act like they're the leader, Mm. 
but behind like like what does like fake leadership look like that's probably yeah. the good question well, that's like, cuz that's what zava yeah. is zava if zava really was like this right like if he if he had ted's soul and he like has all these you know like these mindfulness if he like is able to take people through breathing exercises like that stuff is very valid that he's doing the problem is is that it's inauthentic and it's not coming from a place of truth mm. and that's why it's dangerous yeah. right so like i think that that's the question is how do you spot when people are 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 falsifying their leadership practice yeah and i wonder like if they can tell, because I often wonder, can because Ted's sort of like, well, this is how you deal with superstars, and Ted's Ted's taking a really <laughs> interesting take with Zava too. Like, you know, we we saw how he reacted when Jamie was being, you know, trying to be center stage and taking all the attention, and how he leaned in to like really help Jamie see that he's you know one of eleven, and he's not necessarily doing that with Zava. So I thought that was kind of interesting. He's sort of just letting Zava do mm -hmm. his thing. I wonder if it's like, do people see through it, but do they care? Like, what's the trade-off, right? Of like, well, it doesn't feel that harmless. It's yoga and breathing exercises and a gong or whatever, you know. Um, he's not, quote unquote, you know, he's not being toxic, you know. And yet it is slowly deteriorating that team's ability to believe in themselves because mm -hmm. they're becoming overly reliant on this guy. They're just becoming supporting actors about it. Yeah. Team. Yeah. So it is interesting that there's, I, I think some of them see through it and think it's kind of ridiculous, but they're, they're kind of enjoying it. It's entertaining and it's not, they're yeah. not seeing it cause harm yet. Yeah. It's just like when, LeBron went to the heat, right? There's a lot of like research. He took his that. talents elsewhere, I, I you know? <laughs> but it didn't, but it didn't work, right? Like you can't have, which is, I, um, I don't want to go on two different tangents here, but it's, um, I, so first of all, it doesn't work when you have a superstar, just join a team and it's a superstar with a group of people. Like it never works. There's a lot of research on that. And I also think that if you take that and you combine it with these efforts that organizations are having to always look for the unicorn, yeah. they're always trying to find that superstar and they don't realize that it's the team that's most important. It's not finding yeah. that one superstar, which is... Yeah, I don't I don't know why that's such a hard concept for organizations to understand. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because Jamie's the only one that is taking issue with why are why is everyone just all of a sudden forgetting about their forgetting yeah. about their own talents? It's not even like Jamie, you know, is a little annoyed. Obviously, he's like, wait, everyone's forgetting about my talents or, you know, I, I thought I was the star on this team. And that's probably hurting his ego a little bit but i do think jamie's also coming from a good place of like wait a minute now my team members like his interactions mm -hmm. with danny the most like i think he's like come on like you're we don't we're all good we we had a good thing going we work really well together we have like this amazing trust and we're like all really talented and i don't think he likes seeing his team become so gaga and forget about themselves and in a way, like lose confidence yeah. in themselves, right? Yeah, and now it's really it's it's confusing why they're acting like this. But at the same time, 
they do want to yes. win. Well, that was that's the you that's know? The, not a bad trade off. That's the good trade off they're making. I think that's the that's the good yeah. That's the one that Ted I think is making. It's like well, okay, he's a little out there, but we're gonna win. <laughs> Okay, so let me close this loop. And if you have anything to add, I'd love to hear it too. So um, fake leadership. I think that these are some things to look out for. Um, The first thing is, is how the person speaks about people whenever they don't think that anyone's listening. Mm. So I think I that is the from my observations in the past, you know, however many years I've been in the room with leaders when they're with people and when they're by themselves, I think that that is like the biggest red flag is as soon as like they're by themselves, if they're talking about people as a deficit, mm. if they're say if, and, and, and that unfortunately happens way too often than it should. Um, if they're saying like, my whole team needs to be upskilled or this person doesn't know how to do this and this person doesn't know how to do this. Like if in front, if, if you're on a stage and you're talking about teamwork and leadership and servant leadership and all these things, but behind the scenes, you're just talking about people like they're objects in a machine and that like they're all broken and they nobody has what it mm. takes. Like, I think that that is like, if you hear that stuff, just be very aware that that person might not, they're, they're, they're still on a journey. They can get there, but that stuff is not that they're, they're not practicing what they preach. If they're on a stage and they're saying it, but behind the scenes, they're mm-hmm. not like, that's my big, my, my biggest red flag that there's like Zaba behavior going on. Yeah. That's that. Um, yeah. Well, what people say behind closed doors, right? Like, do they, do they are, do they have integrity? I, I'm not saying I was always like this. This is definitely a learning moment for me, but I remember I got to the point, like, I want to work with such integrity that whatever I say behind closed doors, if someone's like, I heard you said that I could be like, I could stand by it. I never want to be like, Oh, uh, Mm -hmm. you misunderstood. That's not what I meant. And look, have I had moments where I said things behind closed doors where I hadn't, hadn't, should have given the feedback to the person, was complaining about the wrong things? Absolutely. But as I grew, I was like, and it's seductive, by the way. Yeah. Like it, like you get trauma bonded with your coworkers by gossip, and everybody does it. But we also have to acknowledge that it's not our best selves when we're absolutely, or you know. folks like in certain organizations that are so ambiguous and you don't know which side is up or whatever, then usually it's gossip or knowledge becomes the currency and keeping it and doling it Mm -hmm. out makes you feel like you've got power. So that, that definitely happened. Oh, that's true. So, but what I tried to at least grow into, and I, and I, and I think I, I I got pretty close, you know, is that I don't want to put anything in writing or say anything that's, that someone would be like, I heard you said this and be like, I want to be able, even if it's harsh or true or radical candor, I want to be able to stand by it and say yes. So I started treating every closed door meeting, every email as if like, what if this was forwarded? (laughs) What if this was forwarded or being recorded? Will I have the same integrity? I like it. Yeah, that's hard. hard. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not saying I was perfect at it, but it was something that I, it was a (laughs) challenge I gave myself, right? Yeah. And I think that that's important. Like that should be the challenge is that 
If, if you, and Hey, you know what, if you don't believe in people, all right, just don't, just don't go fake it. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's probably even worse than thinking, you know, being like that Roy Kent character of thinking everyone is shit. Right. Yeah. Like if you think that way, I mean, I mean, I would make a case that you need to go to therapy, but like, if you think that way, that's fine, but be authentic and, and don't go stand up on a stage and spout all these leadership philosophies that you like believe in this and that when in, in fact you actually yeah. don't like, I think that that's really like, that's the Zava effect for so. sure. Um, what we last thing on okay. Zava. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I have to, okay. I want to get to the psychic. Okay. Yeah. I, let's get, let's We got to get to the psychic. Yeah. We're going to get to the psychic. Okay. My last thing on Zava. So I know, I don't know this for sure. We're going to get a writer on our show, but they're totally making fun of Jared Leto. And- <laughs> <laughs> you think? How are you? Yes. Have you not been following what's going on with that that guy? Oh, he's like a cult leader now. Okay. Well, I've loved Jared Leto since my my so called life. I have loved him ever since my so called life. I know that he's Jordan Catalani Lotto Catalano. Yeah, I know that he's in in love. In I wish I was Claire Danes. Him and him and Devin Sawa like would have would have oh. given an organ to just be in their. No, presence. I'm not a Devin Sawa. I like I didn't even know who that guy was until a few years ago. But Jared Leto, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a little bit older than you, so like just a little smidge, just a smidge. Okay, I actually have I've asked a lot of people my age, and the Casper movie did not affect yes. young them like it affected young kids. Yes, exactly. Like, so when my kids watched that Casper movie, I found anyway, anyway, with Christina Ricci. Anyway, she's also in um, Then and Now with him as well. Then and Now is a great movie, by the way. Oh, my God. It's so cute. Okay. Okay. We're going on a tangent. Jared Leto. No, tell me why Zava is Jared Leto. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think that they're just making fun of that character that's, like, so woo-woo that they have, like, a following of people. And they're, you know, like, they're just, I, th- I don't know. It's, it's just my fun little take on it is that they're just poking fun Potentially. Of yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to do some more research on, uh, on Jared. Um, okay. Before we wrap up, I really want to talk about the psychic one, because you and I knew no idea when I surprised you in North Carolina and we ended up going to a roadside psychic. Little did we know because only episode one had come out. Little did we know that a few episodes later, Rebecca would be going to see a psychic. And we were like, whoa, wait a minute. Look at us. Like we're so connected to the show. We're so connected. Um <laughs> I have like put out most put out of my mind most things that that psychic told us, but you keep reminding me of <laughs> like selective memory. Um, but we started our when we started our episode today. Virginia was like, "Okay, I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever you say." I was like, "Listen, Virginia, our, our roadside psychic said that you were the boss, so I actually follow you now because of well, her." <laughs> good thing I completely forgot about that, but um. Okay, so the, there's there's a lot to say about the psychic's predictions and how it plays out throughout the season, which we can refer to later. The the thing that I actually want to talk about as it relates to, I think, Ooh. leadership development um, is when the psychic says, do you know the Japanese art of mending broken things with gold? It means embracing the imperfections and creating something even more beautiful. And rewatch, you know, because you and I go back and rewatch these episodes before we talk about them, one... I'm enjoying this third season more than I did the first time through. There's that. Mm-hmm, same. So that anyone out there that was like, oh, season three kind of started funky, go rewatch it. It actually like, I think I liked it the second time through 
uh, better and um, warmed up to it better. But anyway, I love that concept about embracing imperfections, creating something more beautiful, mending the broken parts, because I thought that was a very nice, I didn't know it at the time, but that ended up being a really nice metaphor throughout this season, right? People embracing mm -hmm. their flaws, mending them, admitting that they're broken, but, but accepting themselves, a lot around acceptance and putting themselves out there. And so between Roy and Ted, and Nate, we haven't even talked about Nate. We should wait till the next episode to talk about Nate. But um, I, I just, I thought that was a really nice metaphor that I didn't catch the first time around, right? Because it was like early on in the season. So now I was able to make that connection. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's totally like what this whole, this whole episode is. I want to show you something real quick. Do you see yeah. this? I'm showing Virginia. This is like one of those little uh -huh. holes. <laughs> No, I just, yeah. it just sits on my wow. desk and it has like the, the little gold specks. We, in my last company, we hired this company in actually to do, they, they have this beautiful nonprofit um, organization. It's called No Barriers. And so they usually take people up mountains and have like leadership, like activities as they're climbing a mountain, but they were taking their, their program and putting it virtual. We hired the men and they sent out those little bowls to everybody. Oh. So it was like, wait, so did you do the mending yourself? Did you do the repairing? No, no, that, that's a really good idea. That that could be a really cool exercise. Ooh, uh, that would yeah, be hey, everyone, everyone who's planning offsites out there. Now that uh -huh. offsites are the thing, yeah. right? Everyone's sort of remote and hybrid, so people come together for the offsite business is the thing. Yeah. You get people broken bowls and then like allow Ooh. them like to fix Ooh. them and talk about like what it would take to Ooh. Yeah, it's, let's do it. We're gonna what do are the that. Cracks okay. in your bowl. Woo, man. Oh, Wait, actually, even yeah. better, hire us. We will facilitate that. <laughs> oh my god. And yeah. you know what? I it'll be Ted Lasso and we'll do we'll do some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, you want bowls, we got bowls. You want facilitation, we got you want Ted Lasso, <laughs> you want psychics, we'll do it all. And I have a direct line to pottery because my wonderful sister-in-law, Liz Martin, shout out. Beach Street Pottery. Woo! We love you so much. You're our number one fan, president of the fan club. <laughs> um, she, she, I mean, no big deal, but we, our president is also a really amazing, successful artist. So no big deal. But I imagine that every once in a while, there are pieces of pottery that like don't come out of the kiln the right way or f accidentally fall. So we will have access to some um, broken shards of pottery that we can repair. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Liz, I signed you up. <laughs> okay, the, the dream retreat, it's happening. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, every, all the pieces are coming together today. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's, in, what's interesting, um, because I actually, I've been facilitating a lot of these retreats here lately. And um, I think for, I've always feel like corporate America, and I've probably talked about this before, and, I, and I've made a TikTok on it too. It's like they take these things that is, um, 
is very like soul aligned, right? And they and, and it's like a little bit deeper mm. than you would normally see in corporate America. And they try to package them in such a way that it's like it it can be digested mm. by people who are like in suits. So emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. like everyone's open to emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? But that's really just it's just yoga <laughs> and meditation. It is. It's like understanding yourself enough and healing yourself that like you can show up as your your best self. And with emotional intelligence, it's, you know, you have to understand how you react emotionally. And, and then that allows you to be in charge of your relationships. So once you're in charge of your relationships, you can be in charge of your, your environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's like yoga to a T <laughs> and the teachings behind mm-hmm. yoga, right? So it's, I just think that the world of corporate America, we're going to start seeing like a lot more like healing and a lot more um, self-work that is, is it, yeah. It's And trauma, trauma, like healing your traumas. Like if, if everybody was able to go do trauma work, we wouldn't have as many leadership issues as we do today. Um, I also think it's interesting that you said that sometimes this has to be packaged differently so that people are yeah. scared by oh, I don't want to talk about emotional intelligence or I don't want to talk about my trauma. And that's understandable, right? People don't feel super comfortable opening up in that way. Um, it is interesting to see it repackaged, which uh, it, it like people need a remind. I don't want to go off too much on a tangent because I, I know we want to get to the next episode, but it reminds me of how often we have to talk about everything related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's like, <sighs> If you really talked about why it matters, people are like, whoa, 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 don't call me a racist. You know, like, okay, so you got to like package it up. It's like, it's good for the business. And you have to like put this thing around it, which is so annoying because you're like, why should people only care about this because of the bottom line? And sadly, this is the mm-hmm. way I always say like, okay, it, it, it makes me cringe, but it's the way into the conversation. And once you're in the conversation, totally. you can bring others around. But that is a very common thing. Like, it's basically like, what are all the various Trojan horses you need to use to get humans to behave like humans? It's, like, it's amazing. And you've got to be like, capitalism terms. <laughs> <laughs> Does this make you feel comfortable if I say it like this? Yeah. Assets, bottom line, ROI. (laughs) (laughs) Data. (laughs) AI. (laughs) Productivity. Uh. (laughs) But really, you have daddy issues, all of you. (laughs) So, yeah, hire us to come do your retreats. We're a hoot. We'll bring our broken bowls and we'll mend the bowls and your souls at the same time. Bowls and souls. We just okay. <laughs> we can't top that. We can't top that. All right. We're all right, guys. We gotta finish this episode. We're completely off. So um how to hire a superstar. Um we have Rebecca going to the psychic, and and I do think that what you said, I mean, as much as we're having fun right now um embracing flaws and healing is really really important and you know what god i hope we get to get rid of those trojan horses and just call it out be like it is what it is we're all just a grown-up children and a lot of our parents didn't know what they were doing so let's fix it so we stop pushing this trauma on to other generations okay good come to bowls and souls (laughs) we'll help you do it (laughs) 
Hashtag bold and souls. Okay, everybody. Till next time. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we want to keep the conversation going. Share your leadership stories with us, whether they're dreams come true or some nightmares you want to talk through. You can visit us at poponleadership.com or over at Instagram at poponleadership. And a very special thanks to our friends and family who have supported us from the beginning and to Pam Rodriguez who helped make this crazy dream a reality. Thank you. See you next time.